0: They're acting themselves like a knucklehead. A, 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 a cage. to the Chase Brewster Show. I am your host, Chase Brewster. Today, we have a very special guest, someone who is a part of the hottest trend in baseball right now, someone who I know plays a huge role behind the scenes and I'm interested to learn more about, and someone who I feel like the world needs to hear more of, marketing coordinator of the Savannah Bananas, Savannah Alinese. How are you doing, Savannah?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me, Chase. What a, what a great welcome.
0: <laughs> Well, we we try to take care of our guests. I appreciate you coming on the Chase Brewster Show today. We asked for Jesse Cole, and we ended up with Savannah. So that's a very, very good second-place guest. So we appreciate you being on.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry I'm not Jesse, but I hope I can live up to the expectations. Um, He's taught me a lot. So hopefully I can pass some of that knowledge on.
0: Well, hopefully, you know, the listeners are, are, I'm sure, tuning in. Uh, to, to hear about the Savannah Bananas, if they're anything like me, you know, everybody's trying to get all the banana information they can. But before we get too far into that, I, I kind of wanted to get the uh, Savannah Alanis story and kind of let our listeners know a little bit about you first before we uh, kind of get too far into that. So if you'd give us a little backstory about you and kind of your story and how you ended up with the bananas.
1: For sure. Um, So funny story, I work in social media now. That's kind of my primary role with the Bananas. Um, I actually found the Bananas on Instagram. So it was my sophomore year of college. I was looking for out-of-state internships. I'm from Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, way down south on the coast. And I had gone to school with a boy named Mike Williams who played for the Bananas in 2019 he did an instagram story takeover um it was more towards the end of 2019 and i saw a bunch of players from my school like reposting what he was tagging them in on the bananas and was like what the heck is the savannah bananas obviously like we share a name um my parents called me savannah banana growing up um as most young girls named savannah are called by their parents i guess And I was like, okay, this is weird. So I go look at the Instagram, saw that players were dancing and they were wearing kilts and um, the post had just like funny captions. Um, Nobody was selling you on merchandise or tickets. I thought it was super unique for a baseball team. And so I showed my friend and I said, you got to see how funny this is. Like, it's hilarious. She said, you should see if they have internships. So obviously went and looked, internship applications had just opened up, I applied. And then, like a month and a half later, I found out I'd be heading to Savannah in the summer of 2020. Um, As we all know, a global pandemic happened, but I still moved to Savannah. And that summer, I had my intern project was TikTok. They kind of said, here's the password, do what you want with it. Um, And so. That's exactly what I did, me and one of our intern buddies. I'm super sorry about the ambulance going by right now. Um, Me and one of my intern buddies, Alex Marinelli, um, grinded on TikTok that summer, made some really cool content and built our following from 205 followers. I think it was close to 150 or 200K after that little three-month period. And then uh, from there, I kind of weaseled my way into a part-time position. I decided I didn't wanna go back to Texas. I could finish up school online just because I was a marketing major, classes were easily accessible. And then um, yeah, just graduated in May of 22 with my BBA in marketing from Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And now I'm the full-time marketing coordinator here. So it's been quite the journey from um, intern to now full-time in the office.
0: Well, congratulations both on graduating and the new position. Obviously, Thank you. We, nothing Thanks. but success with, with Savannah. Um, you know, just kind of so we obviously sticks baseball, which is what I own. We were three and two. Um, so Savannah Bananas wear three and two or did. And, and so kind of knew a little bit about you guys and they make him bacon warm and knew a little bit about Jesse. So When the TV show came out, I was like, you know, like any other baseball lover, I was like, oh, there's baseball on TV to watch. Didn't really understand it or really think anything of it. Just really couldn't get enough of Jesse's, um, like, approach to people. Like, you know, the baseball is one side of it. I think his approach is another side, but I think the marketing is a huge side of it. So when we got the email back that said Jesse was unavailable, uh, maybe speaking this week or something. I asked to speak with you because on the show, I think what the Savannah Bananas do is fantastic. But somebody has to capture that, and somebody has to have a uh, vision to post. And then there's TikTok and Instagram and Reels, and it gets exhausting trying to keep up with what works on what. So, um, you know, just talk a little bit about. I know you probably have or feel like a responsibility to capture. The baseball, because the baseball is unscripted and it's a lot of great content, but you have to capture it and post it. So uh, you go from intern with 150, 200 followers on TikTok to now running the hottest trend in baseball. And is that, do you just run TikTok or do you run other platforms? And talk about the, the need and the, the pressure kind of to get all the content posted.
1: i'll kind of go from the bananas like unique marketing approach to uh, where that's led us um so jesse and emily the owners of the bananas had come in with this amazing vision of we're going to be fans first and so anything that we do here um it is with the sole purpose to put the fans um fans needs before our own technically so like Kind of what that means is when you come to the ballpark, you pay $25 for your ticket. And that also includes everything you want to eat. It's all you can eat. So as many cheeseburgers, hot dogs, hamburgers, Coke, Diet Coke, whatever you want, um, that's all included in your ticket. And then whenever you purchase merchandise from us, um, that merchandise is packaged up nicely in a cute little yellow box. You'll get a cookie inside, a sticker and some like good contact information in case you need to reach one of us directly and then also you get free shipping. So like if you are inside the United States, you will get free shipping every single time. It'll be priority shipping. Um, So kind of that fans first mentality has guided us in all of our business decisions, how that relates to marketing um, and why I think the bananas are honestly at the top of the marketing game in sports is because we create unique content for our fans. I'm so sorry about all the noises. I'm outside. Um, it creates unique moments for our fans, whereas our fans don't feel like they're being sold. They feel like they're getting value. So in a sense, we're if we post something about, oh, we have a new beanie, um, you'll get one call to action post, whereas maybe you'll get Two or three just fun posts um but most of the time like you'll never really see us promoting like go click the link in our bio to buy tickets um we just want to provide value for our fans because we know eventually that'll drive them to want to purchase tickets or merchandise or kind of in a way with me um i thought this is so fun and entertaining how can i be a part a bigger part of this like and then that's how i got the internship Um, So I think that is just a different way that we look at marketing, whereas other teams just try to sell you on the thirsty Thursdays and come buy tickets because we've got $5 beer or whatever. Um, As far as it goes for me with social media, I kind of run most of the social media pages, along with the help of our marketing director, Kara and our um, interns that come in seasonally. And so we focus on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok and Instagram, um, and primarily reels, like like what you were saying. So along with that, it's a lot of like, obviously creating that content. We have an awesome video team that we work with super, very closely um, to create content designed for each platform. And then from there, we are obviously responding to DMs, um, creating these relationships with fans online in the comments. And I think that is kind of encapsulates the fans, fans first mentality, like, how are we providing value? And how are we building these relationships to go from not just like in the Twitter responses but also to how are we gonna end up seeing this fan at a game and making a special moment for them?
0: For sure. And speaking of the the box, I'm actually looking at mine. I, I read both of Jesse's books and then I wanted to get the autographed copy and I wanted to see the box firsthand. So the yellow tissue paper, and you know the, the I think it says like fresh you know bananas on the box or whatever so I, I thought that was super exciting and um you know just I thought the accessibility you know and then obviously getting to see some of you guys through the show and kind of seeing what you know again I thought the baseball was great but I thought getting to see you know like how excited you were when you got to a million followers um you know and just different stuff so I know I'm sure I don't know if it would be personally or as a team i'm sure you guys have social media goals and that's why you're so successful because you're goal driven so if, if you could talk about maybe some of those goals you guys have behind the scenes i know you want to reach as many people as possible and keep the fans first but there's got to be something driving behind the scenes that makes you guys so successful i know obviously there's great people involved but i know there's probably a lot of goal oriented a lot of ideas around, Idea
1: Um, A lot of people talk about being a million dollar company or a million dollar brand. Um, We wanna have a billion fan brand. Um, So we're not focused on the dollars. We're focused about driving in fans. Um, And eventually, obviously that leads to revenue, Um, but we are short-term focused on just bringing fans to the bananas. How can we make baseball fun? And like I was saying, how can we provide this exceptional fan experience? And um, as far as social media goes, because that kind of is my realm, um, we know that we can reach these this billion fan goal through social media. We have, over 5 million followers across all of our platforms right now. Um, some specific goals that we have. I know right now we just hit 3.5 million on TikTok. And it's one of our goals is to reach 4 million um, by the start of next season, which will be February 17th for us. And so we've been working, obviously, this off season since it started in September. Um, how can we continue to grow in the off season which is typically people's slow seasons where they're not growing at all um but we've seen tremendous growth and so like we need to get 500,000 more followers within the next 3 4 months um to hit this one goal for TikTok um, we're coming up close to 1 million followers on Instagram which would be really cool to hit by the start of the new season and then once season grows i kind of feel like or once season comes around, I kind of feel like our goal is just, like, the moon. I know a lot of people make jokes about going to the moon, but I really think that's where the bananas are headed. We're on a rocket ship just going straight up. Um, And so for me personally, like, I like to set an off-season goal because it helps them keep on track to keep growing in this gigantic way that we grew in season. But also, I don't want to put, like, a cap on... um, a follower goal or likes or shares goal during season, because I don't want to feel like limited by that. Or like, I don't ever want to feel satisfied when we reach that goal. And I think that speaks for everybody else on our team is, um, we're never satisfied. We're always growing. We're always hungry for what's next or what more we can, can do for our fans and our content.
0: So is there one social, obviously, TikTok has the most followers, but is there one social media platform you think that like, obviously, TikTok attracts more fans, but do you think there's a better platform or, or more convenient platform than the others that you guys try to use?
1: Um, we use them all pretty equally and they all serve different roles. Um, so like Facebook, I love to say is like the PTA mom of social media. You get a lot of ticket buyers on Facebook. Um, you'll get parents and grandparents trying to surprise their kids with birthday gifts or Christmas gifts or a fun family night out. And so obviously like Facebook serves as like a primary ticket buying marketplace, whereas more so on TikTok where there might be more 12 year old boys that aren't going to be buying TikToks. And I love the 12 year old boys and how they help grow bananas. um, But they don't have as much buying power as like, say, Facebook does. And so they each serve different roles. And I think we are making strides and growing in every single one of them and the content we push out to each platform is different um with the purpose of how are we going to reach those pta moms on facebook and then how do we reach this demographic on TikTok? twitter is definitely more like baseball oriented um so you'll see us posting um like more unique trick plays whereas we may not post as many on facebook or um just sick baseball plays on twitter and you might get something that's more fun on instagram so they're all different um i don't think there's one that helps us grow more than the other i think they all play an equal role in like the health of our social media but if i had a favorite i would say it's twitter i love twitter it's fun and witty on there so that one if i could if they were all hanging on the edge of the cliff i think i would say twitter even though Twitter is probably our least followed platform.
0: Well, so were you a baseball fan, like, before you came to the Bananas?
1: I was. I grew up in, oh, my gosh, and please don't hate me for this, because most people do. I grew up in the double-A town for the Houston Astros, and so that was kind of where my, like, a love for baseball started. I was sitting on the couch with my grandpa at home when I was itty bitty until I can like even remember um just watching baseball and learning about it with him all my uncles and my grandparents and my mom and aunts all played softball so big baseball softball family I played soccer so I never was (laughs) involved in that but I loved baseball thought it was so fun um I personally don't think baseball Boring, but I could. I would love to sit through a three-hour baseball game, four-hour game. I think it's super entertaining. Extra innings, all for it. Um, but yeah, I kind of had a little bit of baseball knowledge going into the bananas, but it's definitely grown
0: since then. Well, luckily those those games in Savannah are only two hours, um, so there are a lot of <laughs> good on yeah. at Waterburger Field. And the hooks, the hooks do a good job, and. Um, So the reason I asked you is because you said there was a lot of sick plays on Twitter. So I I was just wondering, um, you know, is there people that work underneath you? Like who decides like, oh, this great baseball play goes to Twitter or this trick play goes to TikTok? Like who, like how many people work underneath you and who kind of decides what goes where is the reason I was kind of asking if you had a passion for baseball before you got there?
1: It's kind of, okay, so the way our, I'll explain our creative team is we have our marketing director, Kara. Um, And under Kara is me. I'm the marketing coordinator, and we have seasonal marketing interns, and that's pretty much our entire marketing team. We have one intern right now. Typically, we only have one during the season. Um, And then we also have our video team. So we've got two different video directors, and we have a video intern. Um, And the six of us kind of work together, and all of our input is equally as important with – hey, this video might do really well here. Maybe video team knew they captured it and it looks great. They all have a great understanding of the different platforms and our audiences. Uh, They're fantastic. And so anything that you see online is shot by them and edited by them. And we're kind of the ones that just decide, like, this actually might need some tweaking here. And then we can post it at this time, on this day, on this platform. And it kind of, it's like just all six of us cohesively working together to decide what is best.
0: Well, you guys do a great job. So whatever you guys are doing, it's obviously working. So kind of wanted to talk to obviously, you know, historic Grayson Stadium is obviously a great place to watch a baseball game. And and it's got its own probably technology problems, but wanted to talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about the social media uh, kind of good and bad at home and then obviously on the road with the One City World Tour and you know then just continuing to travel obviously there's um, different different problems when you go on the road so if you're if there was a social media person watching or you know a baseball program watching that wants to up their social media game kind of give us some of the uh, the stuff you run into at home and the stuff you run into on the road and how you guys handle those things.
1: I think some of the biggest issues and I wouldn't even say it's an issue, it's more so just like a, how are we going to figure out to beat this is even one thing at Grayson Stadium is our Wi-Fi is not great. And so you can be out on the field, our office is a little bit ways away um, from being on the dugout line. Um, It's just like the Wi-Fi doesn't reach there. So that obviously presents its own challenge. Um, Sometimes there's ways around it where you're just hauling butt after a sick play happens and you got to run inside the office, cut something to go out on Twitter, or your phone's not loading, so you got to tweet it out or post it on Instagram. Um, And then obviously on the road, too, that kind of happens with, like, uh, you're not as familiar with the stadium. So I know that happened a lot in 2022 where you're moving quick because – these banana ball games happen so fast and you're trying to share what's happening at the game with fans at home and so you're just moving around really quick jumping from place to place if you don't have wi-fi or good connection out on the field like you are once again hauling butt back to an office where you've got wi-fi um so you can send things out and then truly like these places that we go they all have different audiences and you never know like how they're really not in a way like going to react to things, but they kind of are just interested in different things. So like one thing I will say is like Daytona beach, when we went there um, this past March, they were crazy, like in the best way possible. Like it's exactly what you would like expect out of Floridans. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but like the, the Florida population, I could just see them being crazy, and they, like, lived up to the hype. Like, Florida was insane, and then Alabama was, like, definitely, I've never heard people sing, um, gosh, what's the, what's the song? Um, spent my dollar on beer. Those, the people in Alabama love that song, um, yeah. and so that was, like, there's just like different like unique audiences in each of these places and it's kind of figuring out like from an entertainment creative standpoint like how can we fit into their culture there but still be the bananas um so that's a challenge but it's it's fun to like learn about these different places and what they're into like what resonates with them and I know we're playing in Texas um next year in 2023 and I'm super excited because I know Texas culture really well so like we will be playing deep in the heart of Texas at some point because it gets the people rowdy. Uh, so yeah, that's just some different challenges about being on the road. And um, it is it is fun to have these little things arise and then figure out solutions.
0: So do you do you like a home game better or do you like being on the road as far as the content?
1: Oh. So like I was saying, like the people on the road are a little bit crazier. Um, there's nothing quite like playing in front of like a hometown, local Savannah crowd. Uh, they're super familiar with us. I love playing in front of people in Savannah. Also because we've got a lot of tourism um, in the city. So there's always new people at our games every single night. But then also when you go on the road, you know for the majority of the people at those games like it is their first game and they're just so overwhelmed with like excitement and happiness and what the heck am i seeing right now and so the whole vibe is just different like it feels like a fever dream um so i love being on the road like the whole experience from like the bus leaving grayson stadium or getting on a flight um is super cool and i love playing in the road but like really truly nothing beats hometown Savannah crowd.
0: So speaking of going on the road, I saw one of the episodes, you and the coach, like he was a little fired up that, you know, I guess the content was going to the platforms first before the players got it. So if you could Mm -hmm. just speak a little bit about, you know, having to cater to an audience that you guys have built of 5 million followers that can't get the content fast enough and the duty to make sure the players get what they need and the coaches and Jesse. And obviously there's problems that we don't see very often. Like there's a little insight to that, but just speak about some of that and some of the problems you guys have and how you work with the players and the coaches.
1: In the episode that you were talking about, I think it was episode like three or four. Um, we were on the way to, I want to say West Palm Beach um maybe it was montgomery but we had just gotten this new platform um which is super awesome it is a it's called greenfly and it's a great way to share content quickly not just within like our internal team but also like with the players um we can just dump stuff into a folder and it loads super fast and easy it's a great way to share it but it was new we had literally just gotten it like a month before um and so we were still figuring out the kinks to it and like learning what we need to do and when to like obviously maximize this platform for us um and get the most use out of it and what we were talking about in the episode was these things were getting dumped into this folder by the video team but somebody has to go in and click share to the group of players. Um, It doesn't just automatically do that. And so that was like one thing that I had not really figured out yet um, on how to do. And there's 40 players. So it's kind of hard to like individually send each of them their videos. And so we're super focused on you know pumping out content to these people. There's so much that's going on that like the marketing team is getting ready for. Obviously, we're taking care of all of these fans and making sure that their questions are answered, their tickets are getting to them, whatever it may be. And so I think in the heat of the moment, like I forgot to, not in the heat of the moment, but just like the tour is crazy. You leave on Thursday and then you don't get back until late Sunday. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're spent catching up, getting ready to go to the next city, doing laundry, um, spending time with your family or your friends and um i think i forgot to click share and so it was kind of a just a different like i was saying like there like you were saying there are things that people like don't see there's so much that um different people are doing i guess especially the marketing team we are sharing different content on every single platform multiple times a day and so that was one thing where once we talked it out and we kind of got a better understanding of each other i realized it's so important for the players to get that content because they're building their own brands they're trying to find the next big opportunity or whatever um as well as we're also trying to help our fans give them the content they want to see. So once we, me and Bernsey kind of saw eye to eye there, it was fine, but it was just a bit of a tidbit, misunderstanding, uh, we're all good now. And I definitely, every single time, remember to click share with the players um, before the game even starts. I'll do it like the week leading up because <laughs> that was not a fun conversation to have. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he looks like he could be a little intense. Is there a <laughs> is there a, a pressure to get, like, you know, a lot of times, it feels like the same players are on video. Is there, like, ever pressure from the players to, like, get individual clips of, like, certain guys or one guy's getting more clips than the others?
1: I think they all kind of understand that there are players with, like, bigger personalities in a sense. Um, that kind of show out more or just have this... They kind of give us more content, so that's why they get more videos. And I think the players that don't get posted as much or seen as much, um, they know at any point that they, if they want to kind of step it up in a sense or, like, up their, their like, character, their personality. Like, obviously, we're going to post them more, but, like, we capture what happens in the game. Like, you cannot... We can script some things that happen on the field, like the pitch that ha- – or the dance that happens right before the pitch in the middle of the game. Like, we can script that and who that's going to be with, but we can't script um, this crazy play happening out in left field because of whatever. Like, you just can't script balls and strikes and if someone's going to go yard or not. And um, – so I think these players now know and this is we've kind of seen them like grow in this way is if they do this crazy thing or if they try to build this brand and we'll help them with it um then they're going to get shown more on our social media or they'll have more content of themselves to put out so it's um it's kind of like a rising tide lifts all ships kinds of kind of thing like if you keep um raising the bar in your content. Like, we're going to keep raising you up and posting you more or whatever.
0: Speaking of scripted content, you know, I guess, obviously, the games aren't scripted. It's not the Globetrotters, but it is some of the, uh, you know, bringing the nachos out on the field and some of that stuff is scripted. What, What seems to get more... Uh, views is it some of the scripted stuff you guys do followed by good play or is it some of the stuff that ends up happening organically hmm.
1: i think it depends i think some of my favorite videos that have gone viral are the things where like say for example 2021 bill roy was playing third base he was mic'd up with our broadcaster and he said watch this bico who's a broadcaster he said he's about to hit the ball to me at third base i'm gonna manny Machado underhand throw it to first and get the out um and it literally happened right after like that is just not something that you can script right but that video went viral it was crazy um so like that's something that i love and i think it's so cool and i think it brings in like the organic side of baseball and social media, like social media is super fake these days, right? Everyone's putting on filters, editing things, Um, but that kind of makes it more organic and seem genuine. And so I love when things like that happen, but there is also, I'll take Bill Roy as an example again, Things where we script from beginning to end and they will go viral. So, like a walk up, those things can be completely scripted. So, Bill came out of the stands um, playing Billy Squires The Stroke and he introduced himself to the plate while clapping his hands over his head. Um, introducing myself, Bill Leroy, University of North Georgia alumni, also blew up, broke the internet, was all over ESPN Sports Center. Everywhere you looked, it was Bill Roy's face introducing himself. and um, But that was something that we entirely scripted from beginning to end. And then what even happened in the play after that? I have no idea. Like, the baseball didn't matter at that point. It was just the walk-up that people were were invested in. But then that, like, sick play at third base where he called it also, like, amazing, not scripted. Like, we couldn't have wrote it up any better. And, um... Yeah, so I think it goes back and forth. I think it's about 50-50 of like super organic stuff versus like, uh, we're gonna insert this cool walk up here in this TikTok dance or whatever.
0: Do you know what video's gotten the most views ever?
1: Most views ever. We have one that has 90 million views on TikTok. And it is Christian Deerman doing the cool for the summer, um, Demi Lovato, like, dance trend on TikTok right before he threw a pitch. We call it the 322. If you watch Banana Land, you kind of get to see the birth of the 322 and how it evolved over the course of the Banana Ball World Tour in 2022. And that video racked up 90 million views, and then led to all of us getting tattoos. Actually, I don't know if you watched that episode, but we all got three two two tattoos, which was pretty cool.
0: I, I did. I definitely did watch every episode, to be honest with you. I was a little bit addicted for for a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's so rare that it's so rare that something comes along, and you know, baseball plays a huge part of all of our lives, and it's something so rare that comes along and the baseball really doesn't matter. Like in my opinion, at least as me watching, I just thought, Hey, he hit a home run here. Great. But like, there's just so many good people involved and everything was ran right from the, you know, from the walk up and, and then, you know, the last introduction and you know how they do the ticket prices and the all you can eat. And, you know, I just, I found it as a business owner and as a guy that loves baseball just fascinating. So yes, I, I have, I've seen every episode twice actually. So, um, I was a big fan. And, and speaking of the show, speaking of the show, a question I have for you is how how different has life been for you since the show? And um, you know, do, does anybody recognize you anywhere now from the show? And uh, you know, is, is are you are you guys planning to shoot another season? Can you answer that? And just kind of talk about the show a little bit, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, the show was super cool. Um, I remember it was about this time last year in 2021 when we found out that we were kind of working with ESPN on a deal for a show about the bananas and the world tour. And we thought, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like, we're going to be famous. And uh, obviously, like, it's an ESPN Plus original. It's done really well. Like, we're no Beyonce or Kim K. Um, But it was super fun and like interesting, took some getting used to. The first week that the camera guy showed up in February um, and we would camera crews following us around, like you would be sitting at your desk, like writing an email back to somebody and you've got a camera like right here on your face. Just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you up to? Um, in Banana Land, I know there's so many times where I'm like eating lunch in the background of like a camera shot. Um, they were probably like in there like the worst times. Like I'm chowing down on Chipotle and there's like a camera right there but took definitely took some getting used to after the show um it is cool to see people kind of like recognize you more in a sense i kind of like being like not myself on social media like i like when people just see it's like the bananas and they don't know who's behind it, so I kind of, I feel like have to, like, restrict myself more in a sense, like, I can't just, like, respond super, like, weird anymore because, um, now people can, like, know that it's my face or, like, me behind it, um, and it's not just whoever's running the bananas, um, It is cool, though, to see all the different, like, attention the Bananas have received since then and how many people are now fans of, like, the front office as a whole. And they think that we're, like, a great group, which I think we are. Like, I think we're a fun, cool group of people to hang out with. And as far as it goes, like, getting recognized, I do, um, I have met some, like, fans of myself at Grayson Stadium after, like, the first episode was released. We had a couple more weekends of games after that, and I would have fans, like, Savannah, you're my favorite character on the show. I was like, what do you mean character? Like, I'm literally just a regular person. (laughs) I got recognized in the Austin airport the other week, which was, like, super weird because I was states away from Georgia and someone recognized my backpack and saw my face and was like, that's the girl, the TikTok girl, Savannah. So, like, that was super cool. Um, I still feel like it's, like, where maybe, like, Endless celebrities like we're not like super famous, but it's cool. And then as far as the season two goes um I can't give too much away But we have had some cameras um, Shooting things that are happening now that would be applicable to the 2023 tour. So nothing is set in stone yet, but We'll see you'll have to keep your eyes peeled
0: Well, you know, people recognize you and then you get asked to be on podcasts and it's just a a different world these days for you guys. I have
1: definitely, thanks, I've definitely spoken on way more podcasts and to way more classes than I, since the show's release than I would have ever thought possible.
0: (laughs) Well, we're definitely very appreciative of you coming on the Chase Brewster show. Um, Super, super excited for the future of uh, the bananas and all the good things you guys have got going. So um, just, just kind of wanted to wrap it up. If, you know, there's, there's obviously a baseball side of this, that's great. And, you know, if somebody's watching this and they have interest in being a media coordinator, or, you know, taking a route in social media. What advice could you give them and kind of uh, what direction would you lead those people in that are watching?
1: um this is super social media 22 year old girl of me to say but like send it um if you just trust your gut i think you know best like inside what you should post what you shouldn't post and also like just experience is invaluable um I don't actually know if I said that right, but experience like does a lot, especially in like sports marketing world. It um, definitely plays a big role in like who who you know, um, what kind of jobs and opportunities you can get. Um, you never know where you'll end up. I never thought I would end up in Savannah, Georgia. Truthfully, I didn't even know the city existed. Um, and I just think being willing to take risk is what makes you better at social media. So whether that is in a job field or a sport you didn't think you wanted to work in or a post that you didn't know if it would do well, like you don't know unless you try, so.
0: Well, you know, as, as technology evolves and social media becomes a bigger and bigger thing, we need more uh, media coordinators and creators to make sure the world can see you know exactly what everybody does so again it's it's a thankless job at times but we definitely appreciate everything you do behind the scenes and your entire crew and without you guys it'd be hard to be fans of, of the bananas so we appreciate you guys
1: yeah thank you so much and thanks for having me on the show
0: so before i let you go it's not that easy we, we end every show with five uh questions which we call the five moments of truth and Normally I forward these to guests, but uh, I just kind of forgot to be honest with you. So I have five questions, very quick questions that um, I feel like every successful p- person should answer. Um, and we deem you successful because you're on the show. So um, the first moment of truth is what is the best advice you've ever received and who, who gave it to you?
1: Um, best advice I've ever received. I am going to say and I'm not just saying this to like get a raise. Just kidding. Um, but Jesse Cole has told us to be completely different and so whatever's normal, do the opposite. Like that line is something that sticks with me like daily is I don't wanna post what the Yankees or the Dodgers are posting. Like I you can go find that for yourself. I'm gonna post something completely different. Um and yeah, whatever is normal, like how can we completely flip that on its head and not just toe the line, but step like three miles past the line and break the Internet, as we like to say.
0: It, it's definitely working for you. And so any, anything that works <laughs> seems to be good advice. So um, moment of truth number two, who's the biggest mentor you've had either professionally or personally and why?
1: I think my biggest mentor has been, and I'm saying this is all bananas people because um, this has kind of been my first introduction to like the career world has been with the bananas. Um, My boss, the marketing director, Kara Heater has definitely been like, my biggest supporter in this world, not just like at the bananas, but in social media and like my personal life as a whole. Um, She's really cheered me on along the way and helped me whenever I needed it and guided me um, and made sure that I have all the right tools and everything to keep growing um, and making myself better every single day.
0: Well, we definitely appreciate her and everything she's done for you guys. Uh, To follow up with the mentor, question three is, who is someone that's young and up and coming in your profession, either with the bananas or outside that that the world needs to know about?
1: Uh, One person I think everybody from the bananas should follow and maybe they already do is Jackson Olson. He's an awesome storyteller and he's a player for us and he makes great, super fun content um definitely a guy that's worth following but honestly any and all of our players are growing their social media following they're growing as bananas or party animals our rival team um and so definitely worth giving any of them a follow they're all definitely putting a heavy emphasis on content creation um this next season so i'm super excited for all of them and you can like kind of watch their journey um just through their pages
0: Question four, moment of Truth number four is, and you kind of spoke on this a little bit. You've actually kind of already answered this, but I'll let you add anything to it if you want to. What are some personal or professional goals for you for the rest of the year and for 2023?
1: Um. Obviously, we want to hit 4 million followers on TikTok before the start of next season. I would love to hit a million on Instagram. I'd love to get to 500K on Twitter um if we could hit a million on facebook it's kind of a ways to go but i think that would be really cool to do that and then obviously just inching up closer to that billion fan brand that we were talking about um and then finding ways that we can continue to grow the bananas brand so Maybe some Major League Baseball stadiums want to work with us in 2024. Um, And a personal goal I have for myself is can I build my own personal brand? Obviously, we talked about season one of Banana Land. Um, Some of our faces are kind of recognizable now. Like, can I build my own brand? Um, And then maybe that helps me get freelance marketing jobs one day, Um, bring in some extra cash. I don't know, but like just kind of, Letting people see like a backside to the bananas, I think it's interesting. I think knowing what people do in baseball front offices is unique and fun, and um, it gives you a little, a little bit more appreciation for what happens to make everything on the field happen.
0: Well, we definitely wish you luck in, in both, you know, professionally and personally. Your goals, and if you ever need your freelance work, the sticks will always be interested in hiring you. So uh, <laughs> we wish you nothing but the best. In all those all those, uh, goals for, for 2023. Last one, the whole purpose of this podcast, uh, was to kind of be a part of change and and to motivate and inspire and want to be a part of the good. And, you know, I know the bananas believe in change and and not afraid to change and be a part of change. So just anybody watching this, what kind of, uh, you know, recommendation or what kind of advice would you give them for being a part of change and, you know, how to be a part of the good going forward for 2023?
1: I think that change is scary. I know for us at the Bananas, like we just left our college summer league and went all in on banana ball, Um, and that's scary. But I also think that it's a good thing. And we have obviously our fans' best interest at heart. We think it's in best interest of the front office, the fans, the players, everybody. Um, And so I think if the risk is there, it might be something worth looking at. Obviously, you got to make smart decisions and weigh it, but it can be a good thing. And like I said earlier, earlier, you'll never know if you never try. Um, so it's definitely worth taking a shot as long as you have all the information you need to make a smart decision. Um, but yeah, change is good, and I think it's it's for the best most of the time.
0: Savannah, we really appreciate you coming on the Chase Brewster show. I'm a huge fan of not only the bananas, but but also of you and the media group behind the scenes. And we appreciate everything you do to, to bring the banana content to the world. And we appreciate you being on the Chase Brewster Show. And if I can ever help in any way, please let me know.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Chase.
0: Thank you, Savannah. You have a good day.
1: Of course, you too. Bye. He conducting himself like a knucklehead.